Welcome to Firefly Ignite. I'm your host, Lauren Roberts, and on this week's episode, we have the privilege of hearing from Claire Luther. She's the author of the Little Paws Hotel books. These are a series of poetically written and beautifully illustrated books which help to support emotionally brave conversations between children and parents. Let's tune into our conversation. Thank you, Claire, for joining us today. So good to have you on our show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for asking me. I've been looking forward to learning more about your books and your story, and I would love to hear from you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you based, and what does life look for you right now? So I am based in London, and uh, I'm uh, a mum of two, two teenage girls, and I run a Dachshund Hotel. So that's a hotel for sausage dogs. Okay, wait a minute. Let's just pause for a moment here. A Dachshund Hotel. Yes. Can you describe that a little bit? I know. It's it's amazing. So we, we were very keen on having dogs. Well, certainly I was because I've been growing up with dogs and... Um, what what we did to try and juggle the kind of financial um, bridge at the time was I had the, the job as an occupational therapist, but at the weekends I would um, open our house up to have dogs come and board with us to look after them. And um, that that meant kind of having a weekend dog and then they would head off. And the breed that we just <laughs> fell in love with were Dachshunds. So after um, kind of seven or eight years, probably not accurate with that, but that amount of time, we decided to get our own dog and it was a, a dachshund and we started to say to this agency that we were working for oh if you get any dachshunds please send them our way and um she became a really wonderful friend of mine um and as as i grew more confident with handling the dachshunds um we had a phone call one april and this wonderful woman rang up from a, a pets at home shop and said oh hi claire i i hear you specialize in dachshunds and i just thought don't rush the answer I was like, yes, I do. And so it was born in that phone call. And so for seven years now, we've been running um, a, a very low-key family home Dachshund business um, where I'm vetted by the council and um, I have regular health inspections from the health inspector. Um, and we we just specialize in these gorgeous hounds. <laughs> Wow. So I'm allowed I'm allowed six a day. So one resident dog, which is my own, and then um, five other dogs. Okay. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of like childcare, but with dogs instead. Well, it, it is really interesting because obviously saying that I work at home and what people see on the outside is a dog trotting in and, and obviously there are wonderful hugs and kisses and love, but just juggling the drop-off times, the pick-up times with my family life, plus the work commitments of, of the books, and um, and then the different needs of the dogs. Actually, it's, it's quite full-on, and I, I underestimate some days how tiring it is, because they're very particular, and they have got the most delicious quirks. So knowing them so well and knowing this breed, um, we feel really competent and confident of, of kind of what comes in and how to handle them. But um, they don't like the rain, so they'll often kind of um, get lazy and, and have little accidents inside. Um, so you're clearing up and characters, you have to monitor who gets on with who. Uh, feed times have to be supervised. Um, you know, <laughs> if you've got a puppy, you have to give them time out. 
So there's lots of just different little things that go on whilst everything else is going on. But it does, they do fill my heart with joy. I absolutely love them. (laughs) So that keeps us going. That is so fun. I imagine that some of these experiences at your hotel have contributed to your books, which I would love to hear (laughs) more about in a moment. But first, uh, tell me about your journey in becoming an author. So I, um, it must have been about 11 11 years ago, I was on holiday in Cornwall. And um, we were there as a family. My husband was in London working really hard. So I'd taken the children um, for a kind of little break. And I met a mum on the north coast of um, Cornwall. And we just got chatting about kind of why we were there. And she actually, she lived there. And she was selling paintings because she's primarily a painter. And she was telling me that she'd been on this children's illustrator course and and I hadn't really worked out the illustrations, delicious, but the writing she was struggling with. And I have always enjoyed putting pen to paper. So in my teens, um, poetry was just a way that I would sit in bed and write about an experience or an ache or a hurt, the kind of classic intense emotions that you go through listening to music. Um, and always very kind of astute to the words in music as well. Um, and I just said to her, listen, I haven't got any experience. I've done no training, but I do love poetry and I love it reflecting or expressing uh, emotion. Would you let me just give this a go? And it turned out that we had we, we knew some other people around the area. So we ended up kind of um, becoming good friends. But over a period of time, I just went home and put put my head down and thought, I'm going to just try and write this as a children's book, but have a moral compass to it. And um, a year later, kind of emailed her back saying, you'll not believe it. I, I, I think I've kind of got a first draft. And she was like, hooray, but I'm pregnant. So, um, mm. th- th- you know, there's no but in that, except that it wasn't going to be able to be given the time. So right. um, we reconnected kind of uh, about three years later and she had had a go at illustrating it and so we had kind of the beginnings of a book and it's just really evolved from there in terms of fine-tuning myself what I like to write about what what kind of what is what am I passionate about what what do I want a child to understand so I, I've become clearer about that over the years and um, and just working together with with an artist that where where we get each other's work it's just been a really exciting creative journey um, where we've both really enjoyed put, putting those equal aspects into creating a product. So we we looked at working together um, within a small kind of publishing company that was set up, and and that's kind of how our books have come out. So we've got five books under this imprint company, um, which which I run, um, and you know I, I'm very aware that I'm a, a small fish in a huge pond, but I think if I if I persistently continue with what I'm passionate about. There will be people who will, along the way, pick up the message, uh, the importance of what the book's permitting those who are reading with the young child to do. Um, and and I, I just get really excited and um, and and grin from the outside in um, and inside out about how how the words can help key conversations get started which some parents or some teachers might find really difficult to kick start everybody's uh, quite frightened of labeling or putting a particular um 
you know, title above anyone experiencing anything. So the, the books are very um, gently pointing towards a specific emotional um, well-being aspect. And it means that the story can remain um, as, it, as a story, but the children can draw on their own experiences and use relatable words within the story to kind of pick out what they're thinking and feeling. And then you can kind of go from this wonderful objective story about a dog that has nothing to do with them, doesn't look like them, and pick out what matters to them and what they are feeling and say, gosh, I sometimes feel like that myself. Um, so a lot of the drive um, in, in the writing from, from, a, from a, my teenage years has really been about observation, kind of emotional expression, and a, a way of communicating to the outside world. And that, that I, I didn't realise it at the time, but um, that that's kind of how I now look back at it and see it progressing. And I and I always I didn't really take this on board, but I used to write a lot of journals when I was visiting different places or different cultures. I would love to observe how that culture or the people are relating and communicating to themselves. Um, and so this kind of interpersonal relationship side of me has has really kind of been thrown into these books um and and I've just really enjoyed it mm. and what a wonderful partnership that you have with Maria that you can work together on this number of books because I know that I don't think that's always the case you know oftentimes an author will go from one illustrator to the next you know and so it's really special that you've been able to work together on so many of your books yeah, I do think that that is a real blessing as well. Um, I think to to be able to kind of work through right. This is this is kind of where I'm at with the manuscript, and then she'll come back and say, "Well, this is how I see who this main character is going to be." So we, we're very clear in terms of our boundaries of how we work together. Um, we will feed back if we really need to, but otherwise we're both really content with the quality of of the work. And the, the joy about handing a script over to Maria is. Um, giving her the the artistic license to kind of say, actually, I feel like this is what I can draw the best to illustrate this story, and this is the breed that I think would do that, and and we kind of play around with it, and we have a chat, and and I, you know, of all the of all the suggestions, we seem to go with with her gut gut feeling, um, and, you know, and we've got we've got new work that we're working on now for our for our next book, and it's it is a real joy to be able to trust each other. Um, yes. and, um, and to know that I, I just, I, I literally can't wait to see her drawings. And sometimes we both have a bit of a, the imposter syndrome of, of doubting work or why, why should our work be any, any better or different or appeal to anyone else? But I think we have those waves of doubt and we have those waves of kind of wondering what we're doing, but, but the end product is always, oh, I'm just so glad that we've done this. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a surprise because I never expected myself to be doing this. You know, I, I trained as an occupational therapist and I love, I love working up close and helping people who are in need. And, and I think the appeal has always been to say the obvious where people find that very uncomfortable. Mm. I find that extremely comfortable. I find it very easy to talk about the distressing situation of losing your independence or, um, the the difficulty someone might be experiencing and giving them the permission to say this is terrible or I'm struggling or 
I smell and I don't like it or don't come in because you can't see me like this. And just being compassionate and saying, this is okay. I, I'm here to help and, and I want you to be able to say what you need without feeling embarrassed or awkward or dehumanized in, in any way. I, w- I want to enable and encourage. Um, so that, that kind of threads back to the, the author um, urge really of what is it in the books? It, it's, it's the enabling and encouraging that, that kind of drives me to, to want to access conversations for the kids. And so each of your books, as you were mentioning, feature a different, or how should I say, it? each of your books, the star of the book, the hero of the book, <laughs> um, is, is, comes from a different breed, and each book represents a different situation that children might find themselves in, adults might find themselves in, that will produce a certain genre of emotions. And so what are the topics that you yeah. approach yeah, so they were very intentional. Um, they were very much looking at what have I observed um, in my own children? What have I experienced in my own childhood that I would love uh, a story to be available uh, in rhyme? It's always important for me to have rhyme. I love rhythm. I love being able to bounce through a story. Um, so what, what would be important to talk about? Or what may a child be feeling but not realize it's a trigger. Um, so, you know, the classic kind of, I've got a tummy ache and they think, you know, that they, they, they don't want to eat because they're feeling anxious. Well, actually it's the anxiety that's leading to the tummy ache. And if they understand that, then the tummy ache's more bearable, blah, 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 blah. So I looked at, um, in our first book, uh, anxiety and, and more importantly, separation anxiety. So the idea that a child, um, has been with mum, and then has to go to nursery or go on to school in reception years or change a class or change a school and have this worry about being left. So um, I tried to write it where the dog, again, I've done it through animals because I really don't want to get in a pickle about associating specifically with a culture or um, a certain type of, of person, or you know, I just didn't want a child to get confused mm. with that's not me. Mm. I wanted right. much more freedom in in kind of the emotional aspect of it. Um, so, so I looked at separation anxiety. Um, I then thought about well, I know a lot of children are, are scared of or worried about experience they're not sure about, so they're not even experienced it yet, but they they become anxious thinking about it. So the fear of the unknown. Um, I wanted to look at um, kind of this this striving for perfectionism or or trying to please a parent, the the outward external driving force of a parent looking upon a child and the child thinking, oh, I've suddenly gone blank and I don't know what I'm meant to be doing, but I really want to please you and now I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, so so kind of that actual the sense of how do I recognize that that's what I'm feeling and what 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 do I do about it and then the the other two books are looking at being bullied um so the experiences and emotions of being bullied and being the bully which I think is not covered enough when we don't talk about enough what why why is it that a child might behave that way what is it that's causing their hurt that's making them hurt others and I think um understanding that and having um, a concept of empathy for someone who is hurting is really important um of course it's not right to be bullied it's unkind it's it's a very unpleasant experience but equally the person that's doing it there's always a reason behind it so trying to get a story out there that 
encourages a bit more of a holistic chat about, um, well, maybe things aren't going well for them at home, or maybe they they miss their mommy and daddy, or you know whatever we whatever it is. Um, and then the the one that we're working on is to do with grief. So um, just a kind of a nice series, really, where actually you could try and pick up on any of those books, different things that allow the, the kids to kind of get a conversation started. Um, and, and the important thing I think for me was to ensure that I had done my research. So it wasn't that I, I kind of thought, oh yes, I think this does it. Actually, this is what has given me the confidence to, to keep going is meeting up with clinical psychologists, educational psychologists, teachers, parents, caregivers, um, special needs teachers. I've just gone as far and as wide as I can for the age group that I'm writing for to say, you know, this is this is 26 pages worth of of words, only f- only four lines on each double spread page, but they have to be right. And I want the child to read it and not have to have an explanation as to what the page is saying. They can have assistance and they can be encouraged to talk more about what the page is saying through the adult, but to read the story and to connect. Um, And so, you know, just taking that time. I mean, I kind of, I remember saying it to someone else, but you open the book and you think, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm sure we've all done this as a parent. Ha, I could write that. (laughs) And then you, you come to formulate the story and you come to, what words do I choose? How do I make this rhyme? Where do I get the I am? Where do I get the kind of stress on it to, to, to pick up what I want to try and say? Um, and just editing and re-editing and changing around, bringing one line up over the other line to make sure, what well, does it belong there? Um, you know, there's just, there's just so much um, kind of conducting in it that when, when you finally get there, I, I just am really thankful that that there is an endpoint. I, I I trust the endpoint, and I think right, I'm ready, <laughs> and I won't do it until I've kind of got there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah. Right. Well, and you, you write obviously you write with poetry, but you write with precision, like you said. Like it really needs to be the right words put into a limited space that connect with the theme, the heart of what you're trying to portray in the book yeah I think that's really true and I think um whilst obviously we're still so small and um there are that the books have gone out to a, a good number of schools and parents and teachers um the response that we get and the feedback that I get it, it it's it's wonderful because it affirms that actually where I've worked so hard or, or tried really prayerfully to to be succinct and to use kind of key relatable words, um, I know I know that 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 is the case because I'm getting messages back that my child found it difficult to work through the book, or my child was really worried for this character, or my child really related and they started welling up, which made it extremely emotional for me. Um, and and I think you know that that really excites me because we shouldn't be worried about that. We, we need to embrace it so that we can have confident, emotionally intelligent children recognizing their trigger points, uh, sitting with uncomfortable feelings and saying, actually, mommy, today I am sad or um, I'm finding this really difficult uh, or actually I don't think I can go to that because my tummy really hurts because I'm nervous. 
and then you look at strategies. I mean, again, the idea with these books, which which some people um, uh, find a bit of a challenge, is that there's no resolve. So there's a clear ending, but I'm, it's not a, a kind of therapy book as such. It's a story as a resource that facilitates conversations. So... Um, I mean, we do have resource packs um, that we're working on that we will have for each book. That So if you're at home, you can work through that with your child. But it is more about um, me not professing to be any expert, but just trying to, uh, again, enable and encourage. And, and if that's your beginning step to unlocking something that your child is trying to tell you, but they haven't worked out how to, then, then I, I feel like the, the story has done its job. Um, and the joy about the illustrations, again, is because they're so beautifully simple, um, they don't lend themselves to telling the story. So you have to work together to get the story, but they reflect what's happening in the story. <laughs> so um, a lot of children can rush through a book saying, oh, yeah, I know what's happening. And, and they they kind of indicate uh, and story tell through the pictures. But but what I've really wanted is the child to enjoy the reading aspect as well as the visual so that there's the kind of the, the, the whole picture experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to stereotype anybody and you don't want children to dismiss the story because they're not connecting with whatever children you've put in there. But by using the dogs, it does allow children to connect with the emotional side of it uh, yeah. in a really in a really fascinating way. So <laughs> I really like well, that you've done that. I think that's the point, isn't it? Because actually, if you can get the emotional and the physiological aspects and the behavior all in one story, it, it's got a very gentle uh, underlying cognitive behavioral therapy principle to it. Um, so just kind of recognizing um, the, the kind of type and pattern of behavior um, a reflection of and then looking to a change so there's an opportunity where the other dogs are supporting in friendship or they're suggesting ways of looking at this differently so we don't actually get to see the character come to a change point but we we end each book um, with a sense of these are the suggestions um, perhaps these could be applied and implemented and how would we look to do that um, so the, the, you know, some, some, you know, my goodness, sometimes parents are the best, um, critics, aren't they? So I've shown them to my parents and, you know, we, we can kind of chat and banter and like, Oh, is that an abrupt end? Or is that an okay end? How does that, where does that leave us? And, and just with the people that I talk to, um, the kind of the end point is the suggestions of moving off on your own now and, and taking what you know of yourself and trying to apply that as best you can. And the great thing is if you're reading it with a parent or a teacher, that the supervising adult can, can engage in that way too. Oh, do you remember what Olive did when she was feeling a bit nervous? She took a few deep breaths and she talked to her friends. Maybe when you, when you go and see you know, um, in class, you, you can try that. You know, it's just a, a number of suggestions that they can they can take forward. Yes. And I just think these books are so poignant for today's pandemic situation that so many of the children are in right now. Just the ability to connect emotionally with how they're doing, what they're feeling, what's hard about, you know, this 
this current situation and just the the need for them to be able to have good communication skills with their parents, with their teachers. And I love yeah. that you're writing a story on grief because, you know, haven't we all experienced grief on some level this last year? Yeah, I think um, the aspect of sadness uh, has been a really interesting one, especially in our own home, you know, giving the children permission to say, actually, I'm really sad today and that'd be okay. But um, being able to voice it is just is such an important thing. And, and interestingly, with grief, you know, writing about grief in a book when there are so many different manifestations of grief and loss and experience, it, it, it's almost impossible. Um, but what I'm trying to do with the new book is in any one experience that the child goes through with grief, they can pick up and relate to or recognize themselves in it so it, 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 in a sense it's of what phase of grief am I in at the moment and each page represents uh, an experience or a phase um, that they could possibly be being you know um, I, I can't even begin to imagine what their experience would be but I've certainly spent the year talking to Winston's Wish, Shooting Stars Hospice um, to a friend in the Lullaby Trust, so that I have got enough background of professionals in that area. And then I've bravely, well, wonderfully had parents who have spoken to me who have lost their spouses or partners and asked them their experience of parenting a child who they're explaining grief to from losing a significant, you know, a parent or a significant other. Um, so that I can I can understand how literally I've got to write, to to grab the concept of what they're going through. So that has been a real challenge for me. And especially as a Christian, um, these are non-faith uh, books in that they don't in any way overtly speak of Christ, but um, they, they are very much looking at, a, a, well, for me, God is a God of relationships and he wants us to connect. And so it's kind of bringing out that connection. And, and stripping away any nuances that get put on um, with grief. Uh, we all like to be comfortable. Um, we know that people who who struggle with losing someone physically want all sorts of explanations, um, of which we do have that with our Christian faith. We, we're given a real hope. So to, to try and um, to try and write where I'm just constantly wanting to write about the hope in Christ, but actually keep it very much a literal, emotional, physiological experience um, has been a huge challenge, but but such a rewarding one. And my goodness, I have met so many, so many people. It's really been uh, incredibly humbling um, and a huge growth for me um, just in working on that content. So we'll see. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? <laughs> well, I I really look forward to seeing that book. I think it will be such a great resource for children. And I think it's interesting because we know that a lot of children, their first experience may well be their their pet. And whilst people who have physically lost people uh, will say, well, this is nothing like it, for a child who hasn't experienced uh, a significant grief um, uh, in terms of people, but they have with a pet, they're very real feelings and they need to be worked through. And We mustn't be frightened about talking about death. You know, it's the one fact that uh, if you walk into a room, you know about everybody. We, we are all going to die. 
And uh, I find it extraordinary sometimes in our culture how how we try and avoid that. Uh, We try and postpone conversations about it, um, both with how we deal with the healthcare system and how we come alongside people. Oh, it'll be okay. Well, it needs to be more literal for children. They don't understand that. And and it's not okay. Um, And so this book kind of lends itself for, as I said, any type of, of kind of loss or grief where they may be experiencing wetting the bed or they may be going from angry to happy to sad and can't understand why they're an absolute wave of emotion or they just have not got the ability to to socialize anymore and they can't understand why they don't want to eat you know all these different things that that children are going through but it's not explained um so yeah that, that's kind mm-hmm. of yeah what yeah. the hope is with this Wow, that's great. I I love this, Claire. And it's been great hearing about these stories and hearing more about the heart behind what's motivated you. So just one last question I wanted to ask you is, will you be doing more YouTube performance? (laughs) Um, Maybe I should ask that in a different way. My son and I were looking at your website and you have these this reading you do two of your books live I do I do well listen my son just loved hearing the story and watching you and even later on in the day he was referring back to it and said mom I want to hear the Claire lady he said so he really enjoyed it and (laughs) I just want to say I mean you really are amazing at narrating these stories in a live performance and so is this something that we can look forward to more of in the future Oh, well, what, well that has made me grin from ear to ear but um it, it it's that that was born out of a lot of nerves of thinking what am i doing shall i just risk exposing myself um on youtube because half half of what i'm not doing at the moment is the author visits and engaging with the children and creating a sense of humor and authenticity and a, a safe space for them to be literal children with difficult emotions and the acting and the the energy and uh, the joy of of working with children in, in raw in the rawness of their situation just brings out kind of the um the the excitement of the story for me mm-hmm. so i just thought i'd give it a go on on camera and and i do really enjoy that part of of the storytelling just bringing the stories to life so i i, I braved the first one in the first lockdown and thought okay i, I i've given that a go and and then obviously with bringing out the bullying books for um, National Bullying Week in November, I thought, well, it would be quite nice to accompany <laughs> accompany the book so that the children can read alongside it. And actually, the feedback has been, well, it's been fantastic to to see the dogs and to to watch you kind of animate the story. Um, so, are there any more? So, I I think I would like to if I if I can kind of get myself together and brave it, um, and and kind of. Look, look more into to doing the kind of online stuff again I don't know what this looks like but but kind of allowing the children to to kind of share in the energy and and read it and and kind of grapple with it and then it gives time for the parents to ask those questions afterwards but you know to, well to hear that your son enjoys it is, is such a a joy 
because you know you know that there's just some some little kid thinking come on <laughs> it's such an encouragement thank you well thank you so much claire it's been great chatting with you and if people are interested in finding out more about what you do or would like to order some of your books where can they head to yeah so i um, have a website and it's called head to heart books and um dot com and it's the number two so it's head and then the number two heart books and all all books can be got on that website uh, we're not on any other trading platforms like um, amazon or instagram or anything like that it's just purely on the website and um they're available to order uh, and hopefully we'll get the resource packs up and running soon too which means that you can explore the story in a bit more depth uh, with your little ones at home Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Oh, well, you've made me feel so welcome and so relaxed. I've got very rosy cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I would encourage you to check out Claire's website at Head to Heart Books and order a book today for someone you love. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate and review it and subscribe to the podcast to hear from more inspiring authors and artists. Thanks again, everyone.